Welcome to the Bravo Dog Knowledge Podcast. I'm your host, Renee Erdman. I'm a certified behavior consultant and dog trainer. My business is bravodog.ca. And today we're talking about how to be an advocate for your dog. I hope you enjoy this episode. today I'd talk a little bit about what being an advocate for your dog means um, in my opinion. (laughs) This is only my opinion um, and I guess my professional opinion counts for something but I also have a personal opinion so take it for what it is. First and foremost what being an advocate for your dog means uh, when we're talking about behavior and training If you are working with reactivity issues or you have a dog that is fearful and has some challenges, then they're counting on you to make sure to the best of ability that you're not putting them in situations that they can't handle. This means knowing your dog very well and starting with body language is a good, that's a good place to start. So understanding the subtle behavior language um, or body language that your dog is displaying when they're not comfortable or leading up to being uncomfortable. So that can range from, you know, stillness to avoidance to licking lips, scratching, yawning, um, sniffing the ground. There's a range of, of different body language cues that your dog may be signaling to you that they're not comfortable and then we're going to also base that base whether or not we're putting them in the wrong situation by history. So in in the past has your dog been uncomfortable uh, and this is repeated in the same scenario. So is it common that your dog's not comfortable with guests coming over and that's the common theme coming into the house? Or is it that they're not un- they're not comfortable with off-leash dogs approaching them on leash? then we're going to do the best to our ability to not put them in, in those situations where they're going to be set up to fail. Um, I, I would say off-leash dogs running up to dogs on leash is probably one of the harder things to prevent for a lot of people because we can't, um, we, I mean, we can't just keep them in the house all the time. We need to take them places and that's on the public to um, number one, be more thoughtful and follow the leash laws. And number two, for uh, bylaw officers and, and those that are, are um, should be <laughs> enforcing the bylaws about off-leash laws, that they need to be enforcing those as well. And the public needs to step up and, and demand that that's more of a priority. But that likely will not happen until we get more dog bites happen and, and fatalities, unfortunately. So in terms of people coming over to the house, though, we can change the environment to set the dog up to, for success. And that means a lot of times it's baby gates and um, meeting people outside versus having people come into the house and setting the dog off. So there are a variety of things that we can do to, to uh, advocate for our dog in everyday situations that we can't avoid. The misunderstanding that putting your dog into situations that they don't, they aren't comfortable with and that they cannot handle will get them used to it and they'll quote unquote get over it is one of the biggest misconceptions out there. 
um, and it, it can lead to causing much more dramatic problems than you had, of course, wanted. Originally, you, you know, you want this to be better. Now you're going to end up probably making it worse. So we also have safety issues to consider, especially if we're talking about um, putting them in the presence of children. And that is something that we definitely need to advocate more for our dogs is, is it, proper interactions with children. We've done a, a previous podcast on um, babies and children and dogs, but this is more of a general statement and, and observation that I'm making when I see things online where uh, toddlers are interacting completely inappropriately with dogs, jumping on on them and hugging them and, you know, all over these dogs um, and especially newly adopted dogs and, and uh, that have, are likely under some considerable amount of stress. So it, it means, okay, you know, this isn't cute, you know, I need to do something about this. And also, what are you teaching the child? Is that that okay to interact that way with all dogs or any dogs for that matter? So being an advocate for your dog in that situation means coaching your children and ensuring that there are safety measures in place for your dog to have a choice to leave. Though you never, you have to think of it this way too. You don't want your dog to have to get to a point where they're so fed up that they, they want to avoid Um of course, I'd rather have avoidance than a dog that then reacts and, and uses aggression to get space. But I think that we can be even much more of an advocate for our dog by not letting it get to that point. Resources can be a bone of contention, pardon the pun, with with our dogs and humans. And Another way to set your dog up for success and to be an advocate for them is to ensure that they have spaces that are just their own. And I feel that feeding spaces should be that um, set up that way for them. Feeding spaces, um, quiet time spaces and crates, those should be their own and, and off limits for people, strangers and children to approach and take things from them um, and just be in their space. I think that's just doing doing the kind thing for our dogs is letting them know, hey, you know, you don't have all this commotion going on while you're eating. Um, there's not a risk of anybody sticking hands in bowls, um, food and water bowls, by the way, are, are should be in a space the dog can access, but the, that children are not and, and people are not uh, approaching the dog and trying to interact with them when they're they're in that zone. Um, crates and beds are are their resources and often looked upon and you're not going to make it better by trying to be the boss and claiming things and taking things. You're actually going to cause a lot more stress in the long run. When people tell me that, oh, well, I just told my dog how it was and, and they were fine with it. What you're actually seeing is the dog is just being intimidated into is not reacting to you and just not doing anything. And so you're not giving your dog any choice but that. And if you keep doing that, you're going to have the dog at some point, there's going to be a breaking point. <laughs> and if you want to risk that, that and that's unfortunate because who's gonna, going to pay is the dog. They're, you're, you've just set them up to fail. So the popular advice about being the alpha and being the boss is not 
setting your dog up for success. You're not being an advocate for them at all. Um, you're actually just creating a really negative dynamic with your the dog that you've brought into your home to be to to be a companion um, and not a robot. So, safe spaces for the dog is is key to being an advocate for them. If I know that my dog is not consistently responding positively to other dogs um, socially or people in certain situations, I am not going to force it and just expose them and hope for the best, as I mentioned in the last segment. What I'm going to do is I'm going to make sure that I thoughtfully set them up um, or expose them at a distance or proximity that my dog can handle, so that means under threshold, and something positive is going to happen. We call that counter conditioning. So instead of just throwing them into something they can't handle, I'm going to be thoughtful, I'm going to do setups, and then I'm going to prevent as them being put into situations that they are not going to respond positively to or that I know that they won't. So it helps a lot to plan. Um, if you want to make changes for your dog and empower them to make good decisions, then you've got to, you, you have to set the, the tone for that and you have to make sure that you're not setting them up to fail. I know that we as humans often get dogs because we want to enjoy a lot of different things that we enjoying our own lifestyle and we want them to join us in those pursuits. Um, this is where I see things go wrong. And it's, it's important to remember that just because you enjoy certain social situations or doing certain things, your dog may not enjoy that. And I think that being an advocate for your dog means Gauging whether or not your dog does enjoy certain situations and bringing them along with you uh, to certain outings and certain situations could be causing a lot of stress. I see this the most when I go to markets and street fairs and gosh, even our rem- our local Remembrance Day um, ceremonies. I see dogs and they are clearly uncomfortable and stressed and um and it's the dog has no out and it's really really unfortunate when i see that i also see um people with really good intentions putting their dogs in group pack walks and just submerging them with dogs uh on leash and they have no choice but to just settle in and go along for the ride and they're not reacting because hey if you're one out of six dogs uh, and you're the minority, would it be wise for you to act out in that moment? Probably not. Um, is it enjoyable for the dog? Probably not. So while the, the intention is, is to improve social skills, you really, you're not doing so at all. And oftentimes you're doing more damage. So I really would question about what situations socially that you, you know, I know that you want to enjoy these things with your dog, but a lot of times they're not enjoying it. And how are you going to know? Again, body language. We really need to pay much more attention to that. And I think it should almost be a required course before anybody gets a dog is that you learn the ins and outs about body language, the subtleties of it, and, and become an expert. 
And the last scenario that I'm going to talk about uh, in terms of being an advocate for your dog is when you take them to the vet. I'm going to say that I love vets and there are some fantastic ones and I've worked in the veterinary industry myself. Um, But we definitely need to be an advocate for them when things are not going well and they're maybe being pushed too far and further than your dog can handle. This is, of course, assuming that it is not a life-threatening emergency. Um, So sometimes things happen and our dogs need to get treatment right away. And the vets and the assistants and, and the techs need to do what they need to do to save your dog's life. So I get that. But if it's not life-threatening and your dog is showing some serious discomfort, then I really would urge folks to step back and look at, number one, is this life-threatening and can we stop the session now before it goes too far? Can I then come up with a plan and work on uh, desensitization and counter-conditioning for my dog to feel better in this environment and also with things like restraint and body handling? So... Speaking up, uh, even though it's awkward and uncomfortable and stopping exams that are going wrong, I, I would empower you to do so as much as possible and, uh, and then come up with a plan to, and work with your vet and the clinic to make improvements because this is going to make your dog's welfare much, much better and it's also going to really help the vet clinics and the vets. And they they want improvements. This is not fun for them to be the bad guy. Um, so again, we're not only advocating for our dog, but for the, the hardworking vets and assistants and techs. So to wrap things up today, when we're talking about being an advocate for your dog, there are lots of different things that you can do to... Ensure that your dog is not being put into situations that they can't handle, recognizing the signs when they are uncomfortable, and what are we going to do about it if they are not comfortable in these situations? Is it something that we are going to put some time and energy into working on a training plan? Are we going to practice avoidance and just not put them in those situations? That's going to be individual. But there is always something that we can do to be an advocate for our dog and Again, be an expert on body language and you're going to understand a lot more about how your, how your dog is feeling.